Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Welcome to Moving Sounds, Daniel and Sebastian from Seas. Uh, is it Seas or Keys? Yeah, it's Seas, but um, we are now moving to a new signum and it's called uh, Brothers Selke, in German Brüder Selke. So it's a time of moving. Um, the last two years, of course, two is a very special number for us. Um, and so we try to move a little bit and release a little bit also under our uh, more personal Signum Bruder Selke now, and Seas is known for the most of the friends out there. Most, most of your music, yeah. Um, okay, Seas and Bruder Selke, and just for the just for the listener, um, so they get to know your voice. Um, uh, which brother? Which which brother was just talking? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the older one, um, the grandfather. No, um, this is <laughs> sorry. Yeah, this is Sebastian on cello. Ah, Sebastian, okay. Right, and here's Daniel on the piano. Yeah. And Daniel on the piano. And then Sebastian, you're the you're the, the elder brother. Yeah, the elder. Yeah. I, I always talk older, but you're saying in English it's elder. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> elder, yes. I, I also have one elder brother as well. Just just one brother. Uh, he's a nice one or <laughs> he's nice, yeah, but I definitely know what it's like to be a younger brother. Let's put it that way. So I'm sure Daniel can appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're what you're meaning. It's 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 something good and something uh, to learn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting into your past um, in music and growing up, and and also this show is going to be coming out shortly before the the Q3 Ambient Fest. A brilliant festival you guys put in, put on in Potsdam in, near Berlin. So really looking forward to hearing about this community festival you put on as well. And um, and what have you guys been up to recently? Yeah, we are um, just about uh, re-releasing a lot of stuff, uh, and uh, it's about the Grunewald Church session we just released digitally in 2016, I think. And uh, this year we uh, released it on audio cassette. What is very, we are very happy about this because this was also one um, format uh, we started with uh, when recording our first radio shows <laughs> on our Stern recorder from the GDR. 
and it was very crappy but uh, these are still memories and um, yeah we are very in love to see the Grunewald Church session on cassette we were very happy to have it in a physical but very um, handy format <laughs> mobile format and uh, yeah that's a cassette I was I was I was thinking the other day um, I used to have so many cassettes as a child I tape like uh, John Peel off the radio and you know I'd be there like holding my hand over the, the tape recorder and if I liked the song I'd like be pressing record straight away and I used to make all these mixtapes and I, I I don't know where they all went I don't have them anymore I, I I would love yeah it's um it's great people are still doing cassette tapes because I lost all of mine <laughs> yeah, and they are very, um, you can uh, combine so many colors and uh, also the sound and we learn more and more uh, what is a good quality and what is maybe a bad quality. But um, we were very surprised that um, the manufacturers are very flexible. They can do whatever you want, uh, which length, uh, which color, which um, buttons on it and everything. It's very uh, individual and it's uh, even... Yeah, it looks a little bit like a handy and like a mobile phone, but um, it makes music in a way um, you never uh, expect. And um, yeah, we love it. It's and is it is it like when you get a test pressing on vinyl? Do you get sent a test cassette tape that you have to approve? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. maybe one day, uh, if you have no money anymore, we will sell these <laughs> as well. We saw it. <laughs> many many colleagues uh, tried this with their test pressings with vinyls and uh, sold them as well. And we like the idea. Um, I think most of the time we get at least two test pressings from it. And yeah, so we can give it to the visitors on Q3 Ambient Fest you mentioned. Yeah, so I mean, how's how's that going as, as festival curators um, and in the times we're in? And, you know, I've heard in Germany it's um, it's still not as safe as some countries, it, or maybe it's, it's your what's this current situation with live performing in in germany and and how confident are you the festival is is going to go ahead and because i'd love everyone listening to the show to be buying tickets <laughs> uh, definitely uh, i think uh, in germany um it's um we started with some good ideas and everything uh, from the pandemic um, rules and everything but later it became typical German. <laughs> Everybody thought and uh, commented everything. And uh, yeah, it was becoming more and more difficult. But I mean, this is democracy and um, I'm okay with it um, as long as um, the musicians can bring out their voice. And um, to be honest, I was very happy um, and talked to Daniel. Okay, what was the first thing? Um, what was uh, alive again? It was the music in Italy. After the first breakdowns, it was... Um, totally chaos uh, but the first uh, live sign was um, again the music from the balconies if you remember that and I was like mm -hmm. yeah the musicians are always the, the sparehead of everything and they have to come clear with, with all the digitalizations and everything and they invented uh, some cool ideas I think by space and uh, I was really um, happy to see that um, musicians are always uh, improvisation talents to um, to bring their art to the listener and to the music lover and this is also what we intend with um, with the Q3 Ambient Fest it's not about um, headliners and the next big uh, line app and it's bigger and bigger it's more like an intimate meeting with um, kind of a scene between uh, music lovers and um, open-minded uh, people who um, are interested in uh, exchange and encounter with us and mm. um, yeah and this is also our main 
aspect when coming from the East German side. Uh, we were on the other side of the Iron Curtain and the only thing in our mind was encounter with others and exchange after the fall of the Berlin Wall. So yeah, this is Q3 Ambient Fest is named after a typical building style from the GDR. And yeah, so it's about encounter and exchange with others. It, it, it's a beautiful thing and I want to um, get into it later in the interview, the, the communal aspect of it, because um, my personal story in England, I didn't feel much of that growing up in the sort of music I liked. So to see you guys bringing all these artists together is, is I find very inspiring and have a think because later on I'm going to ask you to um, choose a few artists and I'll play them on the show. So have a think. But I always like to go back to the beginning and straight away on the uh, show um, of your lives because I find it very interesting to, to, to see where people have come from musically before they even knew really when they were children and we should play a piece of music quite soon as well and I know your first pick is um, a Cloud Debussy track Sonata for cello and piano in D minor and um, did, does this track remind you of your youth uh, could you give us a bit of a background on this on this pick Yeah, um, we had a little, yeah, the internet was a little bit instable. Now we see you, it's okay. But cloud, you, <laughs> ca you call it cloud DPC, it's interesting. In, in, it's English, yeah? Or it's because in, in German we say cloud, cloud, like the French. Cloud, it, it, cloud is also nice. It, <laughs> it, it probably is Claude Debussy. I mean, I never I never got to meet him, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah, it probably is. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, for us. It's a very personal uh, track because, uh, and the recording as well um, is from 1967 with Maurice Chandon mm -hmm. uh, on cello, um, and we are very, very um, influenced by this track because, uh, especially the first movement of this sonata, uh, because we are coming from a classical background, but we are always we were always looking for some kind of. It's not just contemporary music, it's just music that you are listening to it and we always felt very emotionalized by this kind of music. It was more uh, than just uh, academic stuff. Um, Claude was the first composer uh, where we saw playing a duo what was composed for cello piano and was so impressive um, in uh, sound colors, uh, interpretational um, possibilities. So we were very influenced by this and the recording is very special. Uh, I think there's also a video uh, out there from Maurice Gendron and um, it's very um, emotional for us because um, it's where we started in a way. Were you hearing this song um, before you both took up the cello and piano, um, each of you, or were you, were you hearing this song as children before you were musical yourself? Or? Yeah, um, we, we listened uh, really early um, these classical musicians and classical composers and uh, you know maybe uh, mostly in the concert you hear ah, these are the older ones they are not living now and it's like um, only kind of tradition and so but um, when you when you really uh, think about the biography of these guys you see they are their um, border breakers they they made things which were not allowed before especially the BC and uh, when we listened as children at first this typical baroque style or in Christmas time a lot of uh, Johann Sebastian Bach or so and then suddenly there came Claude Debussy and we listened there and 
it was like opening a quite a, another uh, area of, of doing music. A melody is played in the first bar like uh, um, an accent on the first note and in the next bar is the same melody but an accent on another note. And now you can say, okay, the cello can play it, the piano can play it, they can play it together. And then you have this, this feeling of uh, intuitive music you had not before. Oh, that's, a, that's a nice background to you getting to know this track. So, yeah, let's listen to uh, Claude, not yes. Claude, Claude, Claude <laughs> Debussy, nice. Sonata for Cello and Piano in D minor, performed by the first movement, performed by uh, Maurice Gendon. Yeah, I was just thinking, guys, um, so when you were children in East Berlin, are we talking, uh, I'm guessing, but are we talking 80s, the 80s? Yeah, it's uh, be beginning of the 80s, and Daniel is a younger one. He's more in the middle of the 80s, but um, we still had 10 years of um, the socialist era. And um, yes, yeah, so we had uh, 10 years. And uh, I'm, uh, in my opinion, when the fall of the Berlin Wall was, I still can remember this very clearly. I'm not sure with Daniel, but um, but we are not so big um, against it or for it. It's just the past. And we remember this kind of um, yeah episode of our lives, which was very strict even uh, before we played any tone. And it was a lot about uh, discipline. And uh, yeah, it was very military. Uh, if that's the word. <laughs> so as as young children the wall the wall was still up and and uh, can you remember the access to music being harder then you were uh, was it was it you, you mentioned how you, these days you really like to collaborate with artists everywhere because back then it was strict it was harder was it um can, can you explain what it was like growing up in um behind the iron curtain as you called it earlier I think it's not about, um, it was not strict or so, I, I'm looking for words uh, in English, but um, so um, you still can hear our very special <laughs> accent. Uh, East Germans uh, are not so familiar because uh, we firstly had to learn um, Russian or whatever, but today I can better talk in English so you can <laughs> imagine what I'm in, in uh, Russian. So, um, so it's all fine and uh, I, I would say it was a little bit more focused in a way uh, to play an instrument was something you know it was it was not um, yeah make instrument and make sports and make this and there and um, in the um, afternoon i go uh, dancing and i'm not so many other things it was more focused on you do um, um, cello and you decide to play cello and not uh, the piano and uh, it was really uh, it was really a decision for the rest of your life so yeah it was not so much space. So in a way, Claude we see was, to come a little bit back, uh, there was space uh, in the music in a way, and the first time. And um, it's a dualism to decide a balance between these two poles. Yeah, I just think for anyone living outside of Berlin, we can't truly understand what it must have been like having a wall down the middle of your city. It's, um, it's, it's, it's hard for me to, uh, I guess, understand what that might have been like, I think. 
Uh, it was uh, interesting for us, maybe um, because uh, sometimes, of course, it's it's a past, and and even these younger people they don't know uh, what is this with the wall there. But uh, sometimes when we had uh, with orchestra some traveling, um, we met Irish people, and they told about uh, this Northern Ireland and Ireland. Yes, and there are so many uh, things we 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 understood even later that we already know. Okay, how is it when you want to travel, but it's not allowed and. In uh, GDR times, it was also sport and music was like a possibility, maybe later be uh, as good as possible to have these opportunities to travel. And what I really uh, feel interesting, because I, I'm a little bit younger than my brother, that when the, the wall fell down, it was not like uh, now we are the West, now we are free. Of course, we are more possibilities, but it was the 90s where uh, really, I think, completely changing everything and no one really knew where to go now but in the present day i would say it was like uh, the first sheet of paper when you maybe you know this when you when you open a book an old book uh, you have the smell or even if you if you open a new uh, sheet of uh, music and you open this book and see the first time claude debussy or something and then you play the first <laughs> notes of it it's it's like like the 90s for me it is like the 90s when everything was possible, but everything was not really clear. New beginnings, yeah. And your your second pick, I think, is, uh, is uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but an, an East German composer, um, Reinhard Lakomi and Rainer Oliek. Is, um, is that correct? And it'd be great to hear about East, East German composers of your childhood as well. For me, it's very um, uh, amazing uh, to let this track play because I think they even don't know that they are playing in a, a nice radio show out there, um, uh, talking about them. And um, but for us, they were kind of pioneers in a way because Reinhard Lacomi, an example, was for us just known for children's songs, very very beautiful children's songs. Uh, it was like pop music, but it was more like. Um, stories for children um, and this is so poetic and um, with instruments like a recorder and uh, guitar and singing with two voices and uh, a woman singing and uh, and uh, in between there was a narrator who um, talked about the so-called um, dream magician tree Traumzauberbaum Traumzauberbaum was one of the earliest music that we heard was not classical music but influenced by classical um, composition and uh, this is so fine and um, yeah uh, and Rainer Oliak is more known for his um, experiments with electronics so we decided for this uh, if you compare to the Claude Debussy Sonata there were two and Reinhard Lacomi and Rainer Oliak is also a collaboration in a way between two uh, guys and you will see in the first uh, track list um, we choose um, a lot of uh, collaborations between at least two artists and um, this one is from the album Zeiten Times and uh, Raumzeit is the track uh, Room Time and it's uh, really from uh, it's from 1985 and um, I think you can listen to it uh, on YouTube it's very worth it uh, to just listen to these little yeah, aesthetic um, yeah, style <laughs> it's very um, yeah it sounds special very special and uh, to understand how it was in the in the past time, I think it's very in, uh, impressive. We as children knew only these children's songs. We never expected that they did this this electronic um, experiments because uh, in GDR times, just to understand how it was a rule, 
every musician has to study before. You couldn't do a band like today in, in your garage or something. It was really a rule if ah. you want to make music, you have to learn it. And um, then there was a rule um, about synthesizers. There are uh, a lot of synthesizers built in the GR. We have some stuff also here uh, at home. But um, the government in these pastimes, they said, it's not necessary for the socialism. It's, it's not important to have synthesizers now. It's not the time. And oh my God. later, in years later, we realized, okay, they made this. There were also East German guys who tried this, but it was forbidden to make too much of it because it was not, not that um, easy listening and, and political stuff. It was too, too interesting, maybe too Western orientated or so. Ah, it's proper underground underground vibes, like being risky to play the synthesizer then. <laughs> um yeah, let's let, let's listen to it. So it's um excuse my pronunciation, but it's it's Reinhard Lacomi and Reina Oliet and um Ramzeit. Yeah, I read in an interview, I think it's you, Sebastian, that at, at six or seven, you were quite into ice skating and you got a bit of an injury. And um, that's when you, you you chose music as a path. Before we did music, uh, my mother asked a friend, a colleague. Uh, my mother is an actress and um, mm -hmm. uh, she always wanted to play music and make art and combine it with um, theater and film and everything. But... Um, She was looking what can the children do, yeah, with where, mm. what is a good connection to start with. And she never um, expected to start with cello. Um, but um, the first idea was to do ice skating because here in uh, we have a very long tradition. Uh, if you know Katharina Witt, maybe um, Kati Witt, uh, she's uh, one ambassador if you want uh, because she's um, combined music with sports and theater elements and uh, it was all there. And uh, so the first idea was to um, go into ice skating and sports and kinder, uh, uh, children are very active. Um, and want to uh, do sports and uh, move around and everything. So it was the best thing to start with. But after a while, I started just to make um, um, not ice skating in a way of artist. I was just running around the ice and I was. Uh, it was the most fun I ever had. But after a while, I had these injuries with the back, with my back. Uh, because of the jumps and everything and um, and there was also one other aspect uh, we later know that let's say the trainers gave us some little pills and everything for vitamin uh, and special things to uh, be better athletes and um, um, yeah and my mother then thought okay no um, she was also a trainer after a while and she had a, a good eye on it what we did And uh, after she noticed that they want to um, give us some pills for being better and even better, um, we quit um, the, the ice. Yeah, and moved to the music school. But it was not so easy there because um, we first, we have no background in music. Our father is a radio presenter and um, the mother is actress, so we have nothing to do with music uh, at first. And we even didn't know how to clap a rhythm. 
you know um, um, right. the music uh, teacher in in the school gave us a nice rhythm and uh, beat and uh, we had to um, re clap this and um, yeah there was no chance because I just did applause and uh, I was not understanding what is the difference between a beat and a rhythm and applause so it was just hand clapping for me uh, and they saw okay you will never play an instrument you will never uh, do anything with music so this is, was a long travel to understand what yeah, is music I mean, and <laughs> I mean you're only seven or eight I mean you're not expected to be like Mozart like <laughs> uh, at that age yeah. even even today you see um, uh, when I ask my little daughter to play the cello she's now becoming three on the 22nd of February mm. and um, that's also very special but she also tried uh, after she saw some uh, videos um, with three year old um, uh, Chinese uh, cello players she was very impressed <laughs> and now started to play cello every day so it was very special and for us yeah seven was yeah okay and we started to understand what is possible out there and uh, we should have another music pick as well i know your next one is a is a film soundtrack from the thing right exactly yeah uh, and it's uh, also a collaboration between two guys we really loved uh, mm -hmm. the one for the just the scores from once up in time in the west once up in time in america once up in time in mexico i think this was the one so it's a trilogy what was most impressive uh, as uh, grown-ups and um listen to the music uh, our grandfather who just um, died a few weeks ago uh, but he sent us a um, compact disc back in the 90s uh, with music from Ennio Morricone but it was not the real orchestra it was just a sampler and <laughs> but it was still it was not you could not um, kill this composer even when you use some samples or it it was just the pure music from Ennio Morricone and we still love it uh, uh, up to date And, um, and later we learned that John Carpenter did, um, because we had a nice uh, quote from, uh, I think from The Guardian, who told um, the last album sounded, uh, had, a, uh, had a nice horror movie uh, intensity. And we thought about horror, horror, horror. Yeah, it's, it's not so far away. It's really close to have some creepy string sounds and uh, Ponticello and uh, Sul uh, yeah, with Sordino played. And we more and more learned about this horror movie um, element in our music. And we really um, um, saw there are a lot of parallels. And yeah. we checked out all the movies uh, from John Carpenter and saw a documentary about him that he's more like, a, he's cult, of course, but he had a very, very hard way to Hollywood or back. He's kind of underground, still underground, but he's cult. And this combination between Annie Morricone mm. and John Carpenter is very special. And The Thing was one of the first soundtracks that was not uh, just John Williams again or uh, classical stuff. It was more about atmosphere. And uh, we, we were not sure if we choose The Fog um, or um, The Thing. And we now decided to do The Thing. <laughs> and I think that's it. Yeah, I, I was more aware of his stuff that he, Ennio Morricone, has done for the uh, the westerns with you know. Yeah, once up at a time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Was... I, I was less familiar with his horror horror work, to be honest. So it's been really interesting to check this out. The thing, definitely. So, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's give it a listen. So it's uh, Ennio Morricone and John Carpenter with um, end credit from the soundtrack to the film The Thing.
And you mentioned earlier your your father was a, a, a radio presenter and um, he works at the Funkhouse building. And it would be great if, I, I know many people know the Funkhouse building, but uh, for those who don't, uh, what was it and what is it today? Because today there's lots of artists performing there and working there and and what did your dad do at the funk house as well so a few questions there for you guys <laughs> yeah it started very very early there you're right and um, because um the former broadcast um uh, in in, uh, in the gdr had even a kindergarten kindergarten this is the only word in the show what is working in both languages i think kindergarten um, um uh, and it was very special because we went to this kindergarten and um father noel uh, we sat on the knee of father noel in the funkhaus and uh, talked about everything but not recording or music it was very special and um our father was just part of this um company doing some very nice um, uh, radio shows there with uh, more the the western comedians uh, you you don't mm. know them here in, uh, in in great britain but they are very famous and still very um, um yeah uh, invent uh, inventors in comedy and music and combining music with comedy and everything and he was really um interested in music and everything uh, but after a while he has had to quit Uh, this because it was a little bit too much <laughs> so we have a very close uh, uh, relation we learned the funkhaus from an early early stage and um yeah but uh, then after a while had to quit and uh, after the fall of the ball it was uh, not so easy but um yeah our father did this uh, very well because he had some great ideas with to combine history with um, music and uh, questions And this format was uh, working still very well after the fall of the ball, and um, yeah. So it's um, yeah. Today it's more. Um, um, I mean, there was another episode because I'm working in a film orchestra in Babelsberg, Potsdam, Babelsberg. Here, the film studios here in Babelsberg. They are also creating some nice movies here, but it's not so easy, of course, these times. But we started also with the orchestra back in 2005, 2006, I think, just after my. Um, cello diploma I went to this orchestra because I was looking not for the Berlin Philharmonics uh, playing just uh, classical music it was more like what can I, where is another orchestra and it was not paid very well and everything but the music was um, directly uh, what I was looking for and they um, recorded and practiced uh, in the Funkhaus in the um, Saal 2 uh, I think And um, I think Nils Farm is now in Saal 3. And we did our record release party back in 2018 in Saal 4. So we know the Funkhaus very well. Um, and um, it's, it's just a very close relation to it. But um, the last years, it was a little bit, uh, from my opinion, it was a little bit um, overcrowded with events and uh, roller coaster outside. And mm. uh, it was more, yeah, more like an event. Um, place of course it's nice to see that it's not dying that's very important but i i, I saw some movements uh, what are not in the direction so if uh, i heard from Nils Fram who helped a lot to um, to make uh, make it uh, still uh, to keep it alive with all the echo chambers and everything um, that it's not all for dj um, uh, events also uh, and um, for the crowd so I hope this will uh, last some more years and maybe find its soul back from these years. But it's not easy because it's a monument with a uh, long history and so it's not easy uh, 
to keep it alive. So. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating building. I'm still actually yet to go there. So, but um, I just love the the history of it and the fact it's still so culturally important. And and your next your next pick is uh, you you mentioned DJs, but your next pick is going a bit more electronic music wise. Um, Border Canada and um, Roy Roy Big. Yeah, that's that was my big question, Roy Big. Um, um, I didn't know what this is, but it's just a rainbow in a way. Uh, the colors from the rainbow. I really loved Boards of Canada for a long time, but I didn't notice, uh, as East Germans, we didn't notice that they are brothers as well. Uh, so in a way, yeah. this is uh, a duo uh, what we preferred after a while listening just because of the music, but uh, didn't notice that they are also brothers. And uh, it, this piece is from 1996, I think, from this time where we started our first experiments and so. Yeah, because I've noticed you, you've mentioned you started making music in the 90s, but not releasing it, did you? Were you were you just making it then and not releasing it at this sort of Border Canada side of time? Exactly, exactly. That's it. And yeah. it's, it's more about um, our first steps. Yeah? We listened to the vaults from our little Plattenbau flat and um, we listened to the vaults uh, and uh, improvised, started improvising on it and uh, developed some tracks because... Uh, these walls were very paper thin and we could practice through right. this and uh, improvise uh, even if we practiced simultaneous we had the possibility to listen to each other even while doing it in separate rooms but the walls were paper oh, thin and we could listen to yeah. each other and started improvising in the 90s and that was the starting point and uh, of course we don't know the personal history from Boards of Canada but uh, uh, they have a very um, nice sound uh, also what we were looking for um, um, from ambience but we had no idea how to reach this with electronics they, we had no Ableton or whatever <laughs> so right. yeah, we had just the instruments and um, that was uh, the idea to how to reach this and, yeah. and we composed then for Chamber Orchestra I think in, the in 1998 um, and and uh, yeah, there was no recording, but we had a little chamber orchestra and played also uh, Sebastian Ancello and I am I played the uh, grand piano there. Uh, afterwards, there came uh, some people and they said, "Ah, uh, what was this uh, last uh, piece you played? It it was uh, quite interesting, like like Beethoven or so." And we were like, "Okay, we didn't expect this. Uh, we just tried it, but it was of course uh, motivating to to say, okay, now we try a little bit more and then." we step by step just try the first uh, electronic pianos and so and because suddenly it was possible also this western stuff was there and we could just try out and then we tried the first uh, recording this this midi and uh and uh, yeah we've uh with boards of canada i remember when i first heard it um i think i used to pull it on like when i used to go to sleep and you know when you listen to music like you're not quite asleep yet and you're not awake you're kind of halfway between the two and Border Canada was playing and it was, I think my first experience of, it almost sounded like alien music, if that makes sense. It was some, in another world. It's, it's a good comparison. I think 
um, for us it's also um, also this extraterrestrial we just uh, some days ago we saw again the extraterrestrial ET um, the, the movie from, yeah. from Steven Spielberg and we noticed um, also uh, when we looked at the biography from from our artists from the QC Ambient Fest um, we noticed a lot of um, parallels everybody talked about them and I was like yeah they come from everywhere from around the world but they have still their the same feelings the same ideas the same dreams and same yeah atmosphere and um, yeah so they are here parts of Canada yeah let's 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 give it a listen uh, Border Canada and Roy Biv I hope that's how you pronounce it um, from the album uh, well from the release uh, Maxima yeah I'm, I, I'm not is it Maxima yeah Maxima is I think right but um, I didn't know um, it's red orange yellow green blue yes. iris and violet <laughs> right Biff yeah. 